the fuck did I do right here? Okay. I, I didn't mess up too bad. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the <laughs> Thick and Thin Podcast. As always, it's me, Anthony Cardoza. Today, by popular demand, we've gotten a lot of emails about this guy. <laughs> His head's uh, barely fitting through the door, but we got him in here. God damn it. Uh, please welcome Daniel Haley. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I got my snap back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holding it down. What's up, brother? How you been, man? I've been good, bro. So you told um, me today you went to the temple? No. Um, everything's on Zoom. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I, I practice uh, SGI Buddhism. It's um, Sogu Gakkai International. Mm-hmm. It's the Lotus Sutra Buddhism um, founded by uh, President Ikeda and Daishirian. Um, and um, Nichi Daishirian is the his uh, teacher and... Um, it's a form of uh, Buddhism that came out of Japan when they uh, had blocked it out in China back in the early uh, 50s and 30s. Um, they started it back up in Japan. So this is a, a different sutra. There's different um, there's different books of Buddhism, different practices. And this mm-hmm. is something I've been doing for a while off and on. But uh, I tend to go back to it when I, my mindfulness is off and when I'm neglecting things in my life. It tends to always bring me back to it like I, they call it being in rhythm with the universe, mm. and I felt like I was being out of I, I was out of line. Um, yeah. Physical therapy was taking a toll on me, the new job and stress. So I I reached back out to my old coach, mm-hmm. who introduced me to the practice, who was my old neighbor, who helped me get to treatment. And um, a client asked me, that was a, a member of my uh, my group that I was counseling on. Um, last tuesday he's like do you practice i was like yeah because how did you know i was he was he was quoting president ikeda in the group and i recognized some of the quotes i was like are you quoting president ikeda he's like yeah how do you know that i was like i, I used to chant nam yoho renge kyo and he's like well we need to chant together i had to ask the facility because of ethics because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to really um fraternize or talk to clients outside of group so mm-hmm. i asked if i could at least give him information and literature and then i went to the pharmacy to get ibuprofen and allergy medicine and my coach was in line and uh he reached out to me he said he wanted to introduce me back to the group and tonight was a a bi-monthly study session they do two two meetings a month where they study literature and today was a study group oh that's awesome yeah so you guys go over like the like uh, philosophy and stuff philosophy like oh, they call awesome. it the liturgy yeah you go through different study plans and there's uh monthly lessons that they have that's awesome yeah it was but pretty deep it helped me out it just helps me calm down especially anxiety and agitation when i'm like all over the place i think uh for me personally i know when i would go to thailand a lot of a lot of it was going to temples and praying in the morning and then you they have the the mosques and stuff like that where the muslims the muslims would play uh the the chanting music in can the you morning. say that again please the muslims <laughs> God damn. Muslim, no, yeah. i've never heard it said like that the thais say it that way they go muslim <laughs> <laughs> I'm East African, bro. We say we say Asalamai. 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 Yeah, that was close though. Yeah, I was like, how did you know how to say it like that? Yeah, so um, they play the the chanting music at sunrise and sunset, and I would be up for both. Yeah, and I would sit outside and, and pray to my higher power. Yeah, but it gave me like some center, and then we go to the temple, you know, in the morning, in the evening. And uh, it did just you, would help you, me. Did you fast? Did you did you pray to the east? And did you not like? No, no, no. I would just you know go look. I, well, I guess you're being respectful of the culture. Like, yeah, you were just trying to. Yeah, but it's dope. Everywhere you are in the city, they stop. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> loud, you know. And it's people. Some people would be like, "Oh, I can't stand the chant." I love that shit. It really, but it feels like you know people at that moment are united in something. And it made me, like you said, tapping in the universe right. a little bit. Like it make me feel part of that. The Western world has this. Uh, the Western world has this uh, negative connotation with Islam, with um, Islam and um, Islam, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in Eritrea, where I'm from, mm-hmm. Muslims and Christians live in harmony together. There's a mosque and an Orthodox church right next door together, right? Mm-hmm. People pray and eat and live and shop at the same stores, bro, in the mm-hmm. same community. So it's like, in that part of the world, Muslims and Christians live in peace. Mm-hmm. And they give you a different depiction of how it is back there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that's just us as Americans, like fucking fighting against the grain, right? That's kind of what it is. Yeah. This this is a different podcast. I don't want to get into conspiracy, nigga yeah. Jones, but I, I have a, <laughs> conspiracy, nigga Jones. I have a whole. I have a PowerPoint presentation. I can do for <laughs> a couple of YouTube. Look at diagram one. <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> okay, so we had a lot of people that wanted to talk to you uh, or, or talk. Sent me some questions to talk to you about. 
Are you serious about this? Not I. I wanted to call you out on this because I thought like you were doing this to. Because you, you know I have an ego problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were doing this so you could get me to come over here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, because you know I'd be bullshitting. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm joking with you. I, I, I can see how the last two were pretty good. Our mm -hmm. first one was funny. Yeah. But we got into some real shit the last two times that I've been here. And you know what's cool is uh, I had a buddy that came up to me in the gym. Uh, this guy's really cool dude. He was just kind of telling me about his take on things. And, you know, he's not a... a an alcoholic or addict by name, yeah. But he he identified with a lot that we were, that I was talking about, and I said, "Listen to these episodes with Daniel, because yeah. Daniel's one of those guys that pulled me in." Yeah, you know. So when, and then he listened. He's like, "Dude," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and my buddy, <laughs> that's the brother that you showed me in a text message thread. No, that that was another one. That's I'm telling crazy. you, dude, we got Stop lying, we got my buddy, one of my best, my best buds, uh, Brett. He's got no uh, involvement in anything like that, alcoholism or drug. He's like, yeah, when's that guy coming back on? I was like, he's coming on today. He messaged me this morning. I'll show you, I'll show you this message. You hear that, mom? I told you I'd be helping people. <laughs> I said, I'm bullshitting. You said, I ain't doing nothing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, this is uh, uh, my bad, Brent. I'm putting you on blast. But he said, nice show with Josh. Da -da -da. You sound like shit. I'm super loud. Got that. Okay. Great content. Blah, blah, blah. He said, when is hallelujah coming on? And I said, who hail? He said, yeah. <laughs> He's coming on today, actually. That's crazy. Nice. Looking forward to listening to it. That's what's up. Yeah. So there's people that are out there. You know, the real thing I'm starting to understand by this, uh, because it's not, it's not that at first I was off put by it. I like when people come up to me and they say, listen to the podcast and they enjoy the episodes and uh, they, they come up to me and start telling me about their experiences, right. which is cool. But sometimes I don't know these people, uh, right. or I'm just you know, and but that's I, your that's your thing though. That's your that's your ism. Yeah, we talked about this, uh -huh. right? A motherfucker can ask you what's wrong. Yeah, and you'd be like, "What the fuck? You trying to fuck me?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody, a guy's just asking, "Hey, I relate to you on this level, on the human nature level, mm -hmm. and what this medium does is it allows people to feel like they're here on this couch with us right now." Right, and sometimes if someone's giving you an hour of their life to listen to what you did. Mm -hmm. They're connected with you whether you are willing to let them in or not. You made that decision once you chose to put yourself on this oh, medium. Oh, and, and I'm... And uh, that's how powerful this medium is. Mm -hmm. It's taking over the world, bro. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, by podcast, because now you're not... You don't have people that have an agenda. They're just saying their truth, and they don't have, you know, outside people telling them this, or for the most part, at least. Right. That's it's the purest... One of the purest forms. That right. it, just like stand-up. Stand-up is a direct... It's the purest form because you're going yeah. from me to you. Exactly. And these are my thoughts and my... And, and that's in the moment, right? Right. At, although this is recorded, mm -hmm. when people listen to this, they're hearing it for the first time. Right. So they feel like they're in the room with you mm -hmm. as we're talking right now. And that's, that's what, that's that's what, what radio, for. yeah, since radio it began, that's what that's what that medium does. Yeah. And that's why I love the old school Opie and Anthony, mm -hmm. right? Um, right? I listen to uh, The Bonfire mm -hmm. with Dan Soder and Jay Okerson. Mm -hmm. I listen to Legion of Skanks. Oh, so like, good. Mm -hmm. I just did a Civil War podcast. I just did a fucking Black Panthers podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, people are calling me to Sorry, do Sorry, I must I had to fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. <laughs> <laughs> people are calling me to do podcasts about crazy-ass shit, bro. Yeah, yeah. But um, I can either be alone at my house and having all these thoughts and talking to myself and going crazy, mm -hmm. right? And um, Or I could be spending time with people that feel that my time is valuable to yeah. them. And then yeah. it helps me with my self-worth and get me out of myself and not isolate. Yeah, no, I had someone come up to me and ask me a question about life. Right. Like, what do you think I should do in this situation? And I was like, why would this person ask me that? And I, then they're like, oh, you said on the podcast. And I was like, oh, shit. Thank you. Like, th yeah. thank you so much for listening. Quote, hey, quoting your shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't time, got it yet. Hey, look at timestamp. No, my, all my shit. You actually said this on this day. Yeah. <laughs> around minute, uh, around minute 32. My, my shit's regurgitated from people that, that have been around a lot longer than me. So I don't have my own style yet, but, um. I think I, I hang out with a good crowd as far as uh, recovery. Your I shit think, is diverse. Yeah, I think I can, I can answer some pretty damn good questions when it comes to it because I'm like, this guy would say this, and I'll, I'll tap into something you would tell me, tap yeah. into something Tony would tell me, these guys that have been around a lot longer that have yeah. been in the program. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm fucking flying off the walls, what do they say to me to calm down? Yeah. This is what they say to me. And I'm one of those, those guys that think that I fucking lose it more than most people. Yeah. And uh, if I could, if someone <laughs> could say something to me and calm me down, I'm like, yeah. this has to work for this guy. And <laughs> we're, we're able to hear it from different people from different walks of life. Oh, that's what makes it's it so crazy. That's what makes it so valuable mm -hmm. is because it's like you wouldn't even think this person would have a solution to my situation, right? And um, that's the humility. Yeah. And that's what makes me feel like I'm a part of the human race and I'm mm -hmm. not isolating myself anymore or that I'm uniquely terminally I'm not I'm not I'm not terminally unique, mm -hmm. right? So unique that I want to isolate myself and live alone and be depressed and um 
uh, disenfranchised and living in these cognitive distortions of I'm not enough or I'm not worthy. That's how you get into that negative self-talk. 100%. And that's what breeds anxiety, depression. Uh, that's what keeps it, that's what fuels it up, mm-hmm. right? When we're around each other and we are like-minded and we all have common goals and we're trying to rehabilitate ourselves or we're at the gym or we're working out or I meet you at the studio or I see you at the grocery store, right? These are places of sustenance, of growth, of health, mm-hmm. of attribution to yourself. When I see you at a bar, when I see you at leisure or when I see you just in a, dun- in a, in a fucking, you know what I mean, in an alleyway hurting yourself is different, right? It's, 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 it's just something, it's something human about that. It makes you feel like you're a part of a society, a part of the human race where so much of my time is occupied about me, thinking about me, about why me. Mm-hmm. Right, That's all but when I had to touch you, I get to talk to you or pick up the phone. When you call me, I get to feel a part of us, mm-hmm. and that's so important for me because I'm selfish mm-hmm. and I'm I'm disenfranchised from the gate. I'm different from the gate. Why me from the gate? And that solitude of self confinement makes me feel like why me? Why am I? Why do I feel like I've never gotten a fair shake? Why do I keep? Why do I feel like I I can't get through this rut? Right? Why do I keep having these obstacles? Why do I have to keep having these challenges? When will God, when will God stop challenging me? When will God stop testing me? That's all. Yeah, that's what goes through my head all the fucking time, man. I'm like, isn't it enough? And then it's like, who the fuck are you yeah. to say? <laughs> who the fuck are you to give God a timeline? Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or to say what He's got planned for you? Like, no, that's enough. <laughs> God, don't you? Think, amen. <laughs> and said, if this shit was easy to live, it wouldn't be worth living. No, I don't. I, I hate cliches, dog. Mm-hmm. But I got a whole book of them. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I got a. I got a manuscript of them. But that shit, they're cliches for a reason, dog. That shit really is powerful. Like, if if it was supposed to be easy or comfortable, we wouldn't enjoy the journey. If it was supposed to be calm and easy and smooth, we wouldn't appreciate the rewards or the gifts, yeah. right? There's no struggle to make you feel like I went through this discontent, discomfort, and now I get to enjoy the sigh and relief. You would have a contrast and comparison of what sigh and relief even means. Because these things are all ideals. Like, they're all just ideas. Mm-hmm. Perception. Human perception is powerful, bro. We, we evaluate things. We, we validate things. We compare things. We put, we put labels on things. Humans do this to humans. Mm-hmm. We divide societies. We depreciate people. We tell people they have to live up to these standards. We're in competition with one another. We're on social media. That shit is toxic, bro. That's not the way humans are supposed to live. I come from the trade and barter system, man. Goat herders, sheep, honey farmers, potato farmers. And um, you need this, you need that. I got four bags of coffee for you. You give me two, two bags of sugar. Whoop-de-whoop. You give me these many goats, I'll give you my daughter. And I was about to say- <laughs> I saw you looking at me. I saw it coming. I was trying not to fire you. I was about to say, I'll give you these goats and give me that daughter. I knew he was going to do that. God damn, racist. God damn it. You know, I think one of my favorite ones, and uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is, um, you know, and it's it's very cliche, but it's, you know, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. And I think for me, when you see someone that has an easy life, not ne- maybe not to to their standards, yeah. But you could tell they have an easy life, and it's not as hard. You know, you see this day in and day out at recovery. Uh-huh. When someone that is at rock bottom and living in the streets goes in for recovery, they fucking want it. You know, versus someone that has. I'm like, have you ever met someone with the easy life? They suck. Listen, really- <laughs> your first. Hey, the first time I saw you do stand up comedy, uh-huh. you know what your your fucking joke was? That was beautiful. What's that? Beautifully written. You had just experienced it. I don't want to tell your business, but you had just finished rehab. <laughs> <laughs> and nigga, this is one of the first jokes I heard you tell, and it was on national television. Yeah. It was on YouTube. <laughs> Tony. You said, It's just funny. This bitch come to rehab and they want to act like they want to eat vegan, gluten free, yeah. and all this shit. And complain about what's in the refrigerator and um it was like, bitch, you just was doing heroin. Yeah. Like <laughs> you said something on stage, yeah. it was like you, you were just shooting toilet water. Yeah. <laughs> and you got the nerve to complain about the treatment center chef? Yeah. <laughs> and you want no crust on your bread? Hey, it was like that, water? too. Like, th- are these eggos gluten-free? I was like, yeah. this, you were just slamming H in the alley. Like, you just sucked <laughs> dick for methamphetamine, <laughs> and you didn't take a shower for seven days <laughs> wearing the same underwear for two months, <laughs> and you complaining about whether they got gluten-free on the yeah. menu. <laughs> At an expensive oh, treatment center expensive, in yeah. beautiful East Pasadena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come, Come on, on down. Come on down. 
So what I got I- the same clients. I'm I, this is a shift for me because I, I I'm now in an outpatient facility where all these clients had just done inpatient. Uh-huh. Now they're in sober livings and they still have to do a IOP program. Mm-hmm. There's PHP and IOP, independent outpatient. Uh, and what they have to do is still have a regimen of certain amount of groups each week to meet a criteria so that they can keep continue to um, get uh, like weekend passes, things mm-hmm. like that, so they can leave the sober living, go visit their family. And there's a, there's incentives for this. And then as, as they do this, they're gaining their independence, getting prepared for transitioning. But some of these clients are in the same mind space. Some of them are taking for granted that they, they're at a treatment center on the beach. Mm-hmm. Right, they're on Sunset, they're in Santa Monica. I got clients in Malibu. I don't know what treatment center they were at. I was not associated with the facility that they were at before they got to mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm new there. And I'm starting to see a lot of entitlement, a lot of the same, like, I just want to get through this. I'm burnt out. I'm tired of these Zoom meetings. Like, motherfucker, I didn't want to wake up and see your ass either, but I'm getting paid to be here. (laughs) So, uh, nah, this should have saved your life. I went to a treatment center where the county... You know, I was I was at Grandview, mm-hmm. and I went because I I lost everything, Anthony. You know, like some of these people still have a lifeline, or they still have some type of an attachment to, or a belief that they can still enjoy and control their using. Right? That's right. the great lie. Mm-hmm. If you can control it and enjoy it at the same time, that's the great anomaly. Yeah, because you can't if you're controlling it, you're not enjoying it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's it's and the, the age is a, a lot of youth. And then I have some people that are at the end of their rope. You can tell they're older in age and they're more sincere or they're from out of state. They're from Boston or they're from Florida. And you can hear the sincerity and the genuineness in their tone and their voice and the context of what they're trying to say and the attitude that they bring to each group. And it's not the same. I have to get them out of ambivalence every group and try to sell them on recovery every time. I get to teach them the actual lesson plan and we get to grow together. Mm-hmm. And, then that, and then in turn, I don't waste 10, 30 minutes trying to sell you on something that you should have already gotten six months ago because you just got out of treatment six months ago. Like, why are you still need convincing on whether that your life was fucked up enough? You're in a fucking sober living and you have to do this. You don't understand that you're in a consequence right now. You don't understand that right now your life is, I mean, or, or are you using this place as a hotel because it's a pandemic? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what's going on. Insurance and all these other... You know what I mean? Motherfuckers get paid to come to treatment. There's, there's yeah, so many, so paid. much bullshit I'm dealing with. And um, at the same time, I have to keep my sanity and not get burnt out. Yeah. And still give the same quality treatment. Because you have to, to differentiate the, who really wants it. And then you're burnt out from some but asshole. But I can't, I can't give one less love than the other. I can't give one less attention than the other. And I can't teach one differently than the other. I have to, I have to give it to them all at once because we're on a Zoom call. With 30 faces on there, and they're looking at me, right? Mm-hmm. So their pressure is on, and um, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty challenging. But I'm so blessed because um, the brother that owns the facility and the, the business, uh, I've known him for almost 12 years. And he's been sober 12 years, and I, I just celebrated four years April 4th, April 24th. Hell yeah. So, Congrats, brother. Um, this is, uh, you can see my challenge of relapse, right? Not forgiving myself, playing God, not dealing with depression, anxiety, uh, mental health. Uh, I never knew that I had PTSD from the mm-hmm. military. I never knew being shot three times, 15, 19, 21, hitting the palm tree, going 90, drinking and driving. All this stuff would play a toll on my, you know, going to the military in Africa, seeing my third and fourth cousins getting shot up and being trained to fight in the same army that my dad left the military for. And like, it's like um, not understanding why I can't keep a relationship and not be there, be present with the women that are in my life, why I'm so distant and I push all my sisters and my mothers away. I have the fear that I'm going to hurt them. Like I hurt these women that I have in my life. Like I can't be committed to one thing. I can't follow through with one thing. Why do I live in fear? Why am I paralyzed by fear? Why haven't I met my potential? Mm-hmm. Right. I've, I've had my finger in so many things in my life, but I've never committed to one thing, completed one thing that I've started. Mm-hmm. I got my toe in a lot of shit. I've had my toe wet and a whole lot of shit, but yeah. I, I want to finish something. <laughs> yeah. Right. And this for the first time in my life. I got a, a, a certificate that said you graduated this school. Now get prepared to take the state test. And um, I get to do that in September, bro. Mm-hmm. I've been counseling on and off for 10 years, bro. People go to school for one or two years and they get their degree and they start working. I've been putting this shit off in addiction and going to jail and relapsing and going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Working in a restaurant business, trying to be a musician. Thought I was Ethiopian Nate Dog. I was going to sing on some hooks and shit <laughs> and get famous. Like, following, like, uh, uh, a, a life without a plan of action with no goals, no smart goals, no no 
no time sensitive attainable practical goals that would help me gain the self-efficacy that i could believe that i could do the things that i want to do and all everyone wants to do is just try to be happy but if you don't think you're worth being happy you're not pursuing that every day so it begins with self-worth it begins everything begins with self-worth why am i going to the gym to work out why am i training myself why do i feed my dogs why do i take care of my house why is this important for me why do i need to do these things in order why do i need to make my bed in the morning Everything is a structure, it's a plan. Like you gotta have that foundation. It begins with self-evaluation, self-appraisal, self-forgiveness, self-worth, building oneself up through esteemable acts, through helping people, through building my self-dignity, through self-respect, through forgiving myself, through loving myself. And it's a practice and a struggle daily. I battle with that, bro. Mm -hmm. Still. And I have to pretend, put a smile face on and purvey that this is the solution to those that I'm being paid to help. But I got to believe it because if I don't believe it, what I'm telling you is not going to it's not going to yeah, touch you. It's right. not going to hit you like I'm talking to you right now. Mm -hmm. The reason it's working is because I really believe it, bro. Mm -hmm. At times I have to really remind myself and convince myself, though. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's really the, the hardest part is, you know, believing that what, what you're saying about self-worth is, I think, tying into a lot of questions that people had asked. Yeah. Uh, that go into anxiety and depression and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And when you, when you, uh, people had asked me, like, how would you deal with the depression? How do you know if you're depressed? When you have really bad anxiety, they do A, B, and C. Is this the right thing to do? Which most of them are just saying they do natural stuff. Some of them take CBD, some smoke weed, stuff like that. Um, but there was a lot of questions on anxiety. How do you measure anxiety? How do you tell somebody you have anxiety or if it's self worth based or if it's depression or what, what would your, like, ground field? level to build on that what would that be okay um there's a cycle of anxiety and um it's something that i use in my group i'm going to show you real fast okay um it's it's uh it's it's something that only you can tell like everyone has a different definition for what mindfulness means to them mm -hmm. so mindfulness is as is, is uh perceived to be being in the pro being in the present um, being aware, tending to yourself and your needs, and um, rehabilitation and fortification of one's physical health, spiritual health, and mental health. Right. Right? So when you're lacking in one or two of those areas, you are leaving the gate open for illness, right? Or a psychosis or a form of, uh, a form of um, dysfunction. Right, which is not healthy. It's not normal for humans to be stressed. It's not normal for this is not a normal function. These are self-defense mechanisms. These are symptoms that the human body goes through mm -hmm. when it's in some type of duress. Mm -hmm. What am I lacking on? Why? What am I letting come in? Why am I not being able to handle the situation? Why does it feel like I'm being overwhelmed and it's too much right now? Why am I having a shortness of breath? Why is my heart beating? Why am I sweating? Why am I why am I not being uh why am I not being active? Why can't I get out of bed? Why am I sleeping too much? All these things play a role, bro. Mm -hmm. And um when we're in that duress, we have to be acutely aware of it and catch it in the moment. Documentation, journaling, talking to people, uh sponsorship, therapists, closed mouth friends, cl family, friends, reaching out. It starts with self-honesty. Am I am I honestly appraising myself? Am I honestly evaluating? Am I neglecting myself? Am I am I am I avoiding something? Am I in fear? What am I afraid of? What is at the base of that fear? Most of the anger that I'm exuding and the rage that that's happening in these relationships that I'm involved in tend to be based in some type of form of fear. What am I avoiding? What am I what am I afraid of? What am I afraid to face right now? And at the root of most of that for myself has been fear, anxiety, and depression based on fear or some type of avoidance of something that i don't want to cope or deal with yeah 100 percent. but what's scary is when you have the tools to cope and deal with and opting not to take action on it so let's say that again so the the biggest problem is say that again one because i think that's <laughs> really important for people to understand too you know i can't say that shit again bro. <laughs> yeah no, well, no, I, but the biggest the biggest problem is when when you're under duress not being aware of what is at the root of that impalement what's not making me take the action because what's going on at the root of the anxiety depression and anger is fear i believe that is the main thing mm -hmm. um the i'm also 
I believe that um, neglecting my health, spirit, mental. So am I eating right? Am I sleeping right? Am I working out? So you're saying basically all these things. That's what mindfulness is a big part of cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a big part of relapse prevention. It's a big part of people staying sober long term, emotional regulation. So you're saying to do a checklist. Like, do you do this? You every have morning? to. You have to. It's so, so gay. You have to, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. It sounds corny. I'm telling gangsters, hey, dog, did you journal tonight, homie? <laughs> hey, did you call your sponsor, homie? You feel me? Hey, did you call your moms? Like, I got to really tell grown-ass men with tattoos on their neck this weird shit that sounds gay, but it'll save your life, bro. And if you're honest with yourself, the evaluation of where am I at? Why do I feel this fear? Why, why is it hard for me to get up today? Why have I been sleeping a lot? These are all signs and symptoms of depression and anxiety, right? The paralysis of analysis. I'm thinking about a whole lot of shit, but I'm not taking the action. What's in fear? Why am I not taking the action? I seem to be aware that I have worry. I seem to be, my mind is racing, is doing a lot of worrying, but I'm crippled right now. I am paralyzed. I cannot take the action. So that's what they're saying is that fear is keeping you not wanting to take the next indicated step through setting goals, through doing corny, cheesy shit like journaling or having a therapist or having a sponsor or having a closed mouth friend or a spouse or a family member or a loved one that you can confide in through these small little things that seem minuscule and minute. That's how you get to check into what am I really going through? I get to hear my voice, talk to another human being and reverberate back. And I get this call and response with this interaction that I call the presence of God. Right? I get to have that experience through bouncing my ideas off of yours or letting you know about my fears and my thoughts and my goals and objectives and hearing what you may think or what you may have going on. And the more I talk to you, I'm less into worrying about what was wrong with me. And I get free from that. Right? I'm encapsulated in this prison in my mind that I, if I only keep my thoughts and my worries and my struggles and my solutions in here and I never get to exude or practice them in the real world, which is outside of here. The real world is outside of here. My, my thoughts are not facts. Whatever's going on in my mind is temporary. My thoughts are not facts. That's what's crazy. Mm -hmm. My thoughts are not facts? This shit's not really real? You mean when I tell Anthony, he'll tell me to stop being a bitch and get out of bed and go do what you need to go do tomorrow? Or go to court? Or go file that paper? Oh, did you look at that cryptocurrency? Or did you go, did you go buy that stock? <laughs> Did you invest that money? Oh, hey, Daniel, I got a car you can go look at. Hey, man, when is the last time you go saw your mom? How's work been? Hey, come work out with me. Let's go watch a comedy show. Through that, I'm not isolated to this. This is a dangerous place. So they say, my mind, my mind, I'm all in my head. I'm all in my head today. I hate that check-in. Mm -hmm. We're all in our head. I'm in my head right now to tell myself, smile and look at you and nod and say, act like I'm, I care about what you're saying, right? That's like a counseling skills, active listening. And like, I have to really, I hate when people say I'm in my head, I'm in my head. You hear that in therapy all the time. We're all in our head. All human beings are in their head. We all live in our head. We are, we are selfish. We have to think about self-preservation as a survival tactic. We, we're looking at ourselves. The world is looked out through these two eyes, bruh. So, so I, it's hard, but if I, if I just stay in here and I don't use the tools, which are begin with my extremities, mm -hmm. my senses, and my heart, and my consciousness, which is behind the thought. My consciousness is actually real. Mm -hmm. My thoughts aren't real, but my consciousness is real. So my awareness of my thoughts makes me believe that it's real. And that's how I'm imprisoned mm -hmm. by negativity, negative self-talk. Black and white thinking, catastrophizing, right? All or nothing. Mm -hmm. That's how the cognitive distortion, that distortive thinking, and the solution to that is goal setting, mindfulness, relapse prevention is all of that, mm -hmm. right? Goal setting helps you build your self-efficacy, the belief that you can handle the next indicated step. And I think that uh, something that we, I just heard about Matthew McConaughey on Joe Rogan's podcast, he was talking about list making. He said he makes a list every morning, and sometimes he'll put things on there like take a shit. Stuff he knows he's going to do just so he can have more stuff on there so he can cross it off. So it's, it's very similar to that, right? Like yep. that's a short-term goal setting. Yep. 
And okay, so you touched on so many things right now. Um, <laughs> and I, I, well, I just I didn't want to interrupt you because I was just sitting here like what, but. You know, this is why I, I missed the meeting today, but I, I knew I was going to talk to you and I'd be okay. Don't, nigga, <laughs> don't use me like a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just know I'm going to get a lot out of talking to somebody, you know, He's like, like this brother's going to be a lot. So I'm going to need all my energy. No, no. I just know I'm going to get a lot more out of I'm you. I'm playing with you. Because sometimes when you go to meetings, this is what you listen to. You can find a similarity to your story at meetings. So this is what I like about meetings. I'll be able to pick stuff out now and. And do that kind of thing. But I want to talk to you about for more people. So can I give you some advice? Sure. You've been going and you've been hangry. Yeah. You know what that is? You've been a Snickers commercial at a meeting. Yeah. You're at a Snickers. You, you're in the meeting. At a, you're in the real life Snickers commercial. You're looking at people. You're mad. You're hungry. You're irritable. You're tired. Mm-hmm. You can't receive information. They used to make us eat breakfast before we took standardized tests in the morning at school for a reason, bro. Mm-hmm. You can't retain the information. You're not open to nothing. You're shut off. And then on top of that, we're already selfish. Mm-hmm. And remember, we're only thinking from here. Mm-hmm. So am I willing to listen to this bitch? Do I care about what she's really going through? Is it about her or is it about the message behind what she's saying? Right. And I've been to meetings with you before where you wanted to strangle people. Yeah, and I've been around. I've been in some where I've gotten you off the ledge and you brought you back and I thought you that you were you were able to see how some people use this as a therapy and they don't really go to a doctor or a therapist and they don't they don't have a sponsor they say right. they do but they really don't they really don't they really yeah. don't have that person to run that thing by that we you were able to do before we go to the meeting we're able to check in with each other right, right. people don't do the check in before they go to the meeting so when you, you hear the mess a lot of times instead of the message mm-hmm. but you have to have patience and say well that's just that person's day right i'm just glad that they're not here hurting themselves or anyone else and right it, it took me a long time and i still struggle with that and now the shit's on zoom nigga. Yeah. all i get to do is <laughs> mute <laughs> in real life in real life you can't put your finger on someone's no, lip and just say get, shut yeah, up that's <laughs> and, and time right now when the meeting yeah the meetings are on zoom you're still going to physical meetings which is gangster I, like the meetings i go to are on zoom i just go mute yeah mm-hmm well, I'm vaccinated now, so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, gonna I found the cycle of anxiety. Okay, let's go let's ahead. Go. No, Why go ahead. You ask me? Okay, well, I was going to ask you, because uh, a lot of people that listen aren't um, in addiction, or they haven't come to oh, that yeah. point. You know? Everything I just said, mm-hmm. all humans. All humans, exactly. That's what's heavy, dog. That's what I want to encompass. Yeah, I want- just know that everything I just said does not only apply to the addict alcoholic. That yeah. is a human condition problem. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to get yeah. at. So... What do we do? Anxiety, stress, depression? Yeah. That's a human condition problem. Right. It's not natural to the human condition. It's mm-hmm. adaptive behavior. It's mm-hmm. survival mechanism. It's it's the it's the uh God damn it, I went to school for it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, uh, so I want to talk about what do we do cuz you were saying a lot of it Fight or flight response. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> ahead. I want to say if you're one of these people that people are coming to because this is what happened to me. I would used to try to go to friends and try to talk to them about what's going on with me. And a lot of it would be, you know, uh, whatever they thought was and they thought I should do rather than, you know, I just want to say as someone that maybe just getting that ear, someone comes up to you with a problem they're talking to you, what's the best way to deal with it? I just putting this out there for people that aren't addicts or if they want to talk to somebody and they want to share this stuff, but they feel like they can't, who do they talk to? How do you know someone's listening to what you're saying and they're being receptive to it? What's like active listening some good things that you would want to have someone be receptive to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I I really don't subscribe to that because they teach you active listening techniques in school, so you could just say I went and like they told me how to put the safety belt on and how to check my rearview mirror and all that shit. Like people don't do that when they get in a car, don't do they? Mm-mm. So what I'm saying is like um, head nodding, summarizing, paraphrasing, um, uh, redirecting. Um, and, uh, active listening, like, um, is another one would be, um, relatability, reestablishment and, uh, checking for discrepancies, challenging and probing, probing, asking questions, um, open my open, open ended questions, which allows the person to figure it out on their own sort of. Open, open ended questions gives them, uh, the, the keys and the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. But it's your car. Right. You're presenting them with the car. I'm going to give you an idea, um, but I want you to drive. And I think what you said that's really important that I think this is just my take on it. What would be the lacking point is people are ready to go and say what they want to say while you're talking. 
Right? Yeah, but you have to, rather than... Oh, that's because motherfuckers want to talk because they want to hear themselves talk. Right. I used to ask you... A, I used to ask people questions and have the answer, but want to just start the dialogue or... Yeah. And then people want advice, but don't want advice. Yeah. So, uh, I know that. Like, people ask me, like, oh, how do you do this or how do you get into that? And but like, what... Nothing's changed since the last time we had that interaction. Mm-hmm. So it's the same question each time. Right. So what's the advancement? Like, what's your real? What's your? What is your motive for asking me this? Or do you just want to talk? Or do you have a a problem with? Uh, do you have a problem with um, emoting what what you really want to say? You know what I mean? Is there mm-hmm. is there is there an issue with um, being able to clearly and concisely say I I I'm I'm having a problem struggling with this. Do you, could you give me any advice with that? So is there a fear that you don't want to say, is this an umbrella statement, like a blanket statement that you're throwing out there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I just think that, um, a lot of times, like, like we're saying is just being able to, to hear what they say, repeat it back to them and say, and then go in with what direction you want to go and stuff like that. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. I know for me, when I'm telling someone something and I could see them opening their mouths, ready to end or ready to talk over me, it just, I just go shut down mode. And I just kind of listen to what when, they say. When someone I, tried to ask you for help, you're going to shut down, though, in the middle of it? No, I'm saying when I'm trying to talk to somebody. If they ask me what's going on in my life. Like, hey, man, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, they don't really uh, care. Yeah, they don't really give a fuck because they're ready to just tell me what they want to tell me. And I'm like, I'm okay. i tell you what I want to tell you anyway, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and then what do you do when... That's a human condition thing, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's real life. You're going to have to... You're going to incur that at work, school, life, family, but I'm just I'm saying to listeners to try to advise them against that and to be like what you were. Oh, saying. Oh, let them know that shit ain't cool. Yeah, you know, and also what if they say- don't know that if they don't know what they're doing ain't cool. Yeah, they're the ones that <laughs> <laughs> you look <laughs> at the, yeah, <laughs> posture up yeah. real quick. <laughs> yeah, we're not here for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is this this is for people that are gonna help people. That's These what are, I'm this trying is, to. This yeah. is for people that's gonna be the light in their families' lives. And I, these I, are the this is the people who listen to this are gonna be the light. In people's lives that they touch and in their own life, right? Yeah. The people that actively know that they're doing that are the ones that are sent here to test us. Mm-hmm. There has to be a balance. Mm-hmm. I stopped questioning, when is that motherfucker going to change? Mm-hmm. When I realized that it took heaven and earth to move for me to change, right? Mm-hmm. So who am I to say when this person is supposed to be this way? Or when, why can't this person get this right? Mm-hmm. When I couldn't get shit right for so long, right? Yeah. So then there has to be that offset. Mm-hmm. There has to be those that test us and sharpen us. Mm-hmm. There has to be those that are out there to sharpen us. Mm-hmm. And when I lived in that acceptance, I began to have a little bit more peace. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot more peace, but a little bit more peace. Right. No, absolutely. It's it, hard, though. It is. It is. But I said I, it real easy and smooth, but that shit is hard. But I think the people that you know come up to me and talk to me, those are the people that are that are trying to solve problems that are trying to figure out how to help people that are struggling okay you know these people that come up to me and start talking to me like that i'm like they're 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 saying hey my, my cousin does it how do i you know and i'm just i try to do my best obviously you're fucking 10 times better at it that's why I'm, no. I'm, i want you to if you're saying clear. people are reaching out to you that want help but they're cutting you off before you can give them the help no not even no i'm okay. saying that they're trying to figure out how to be better in these situations, what we just talked about. Yeah. You know, and that's why I want to just clarify it. So if, I, oh, if yeah. I'm saying like I'm backpedaling, it's just to... No, no, that's a life yeah. thing. It's a life, expect, it's a life experience thing that, I mean, you have to listen to this podcast and say either you relate or don't. Um, it'd be kind of fucking cheesy, huh? If somebody came up to you for help, you'd be like, um, go ahead and listen to my podcast. And it's on uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, motherfucker, I, I need help now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know what you're saying, bro. Um. Always be honest in the moment and be the best version of you whenever you can. And that's what makes you you, dog. Mm-hmm. That's why so many people fuck with you. Mm-hmm. It's because you're the same way with everybody. Think, you know what? Me? I just, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I can see the fucking headphones yeah. starting to stretch. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself, my bad. My bad. Slow your roll. <laughs> what I'm saying is I code switched my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm a code switching motherfucker, bro. I want to talk Mexican. I got a little accent when I'm over here. And when I'm over here, I'm all gangster. I'm from Pasadena, whoop de whoop. And then when I'm over here, I'm East African. I want whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm be international, nigga. And then when I'm over here, I'm all, you know what I mean? I had to code switch to fit in. I was so fearful. I was so insecure. I had no identity. I had no self-identity. And a lot of people in early recovery and early sobriety are beginning to identify who they truly are. Right. Still are afraid of who they may become because they haven't grown since they started using 
right? Adolescence, you have the suppression of growth, so you are where you left off when you first started using drugs and alcohol, right? Mentally and emotionally, one hundred percent. You ever heard that before? No, that's how I feel. Okay, so that's that's okay. That's normal. Yeah, learning. but from here you get to grow though. That's the beautiful part is you get to develop and grow from here. You know what uh, uh, Asian Jeff said in one of the the meetings that really Asian me. Jeff. We are a fucking color box ass fucking. <laughs> hold on, <laughs> Armenian Tony, Armenian Tony, Ethiopian <laughs> Daniel, Mexican Ant Dog, and Asian Jeff. Yeah, Asian Jeff. We look like a group home dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the UN club of fucking addicts. Uh, but he was telling me he's like. He was saying that his first year of sobriety, he's like, I don't, I don't get this way. I don't feel happier. I don't feel this way. And his sponsor told him, look at this fucking tree. Stare at that tree for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, why? He's like, because that tree is growing. You don't fucking see it growing. You don't see it changing, but it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh. You know, when he said that, he said that yesterday. It's about, right, I want what I want when I want it now. Yeah, 100%. Um, look at the same thing when we talked about that um, um, entitled bitch of treatment, right? When you, your first joke that you did at Kill Tony. Mm-hmm. Her perception of reality is so warped, she forgot what she was doing two weeks ago to survive, mm-hmm. right? She's now in a new environment, 30 days or 15 days sober, and there's a sense of entitlement that lets her think, hey, why don't they have a gluten-free option on this menu at this treatment center, right? Mm-hmm. I was sucking dick for meth two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now I want a healthier food option. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, that's... That's early recovery symptoms, delusional thinking. This a lot of that comes when the fog lifts, right? Like that's that's gonna happen. People are gonna be in delusions. People are gonna. It's gonna take a minute to adjust to reality, and it's okay. You're emotionally unstable. You're up and down. I understand. Like, but motherfucker, be real. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Appreciate the moment. Stay in the present. That's why mindfulness is important. Appreciate what you do have. Live in gratitude. They say all this corny ass shit, mm-hmm. but that's the actual answer to the unrealistic expectation that i'm speaking out of my mouth and it takes me to speak it to take the chance to speak it for someone to say hey bro listen to what you just said right you were here now you're here be a little bit more grateful bro Mm -hmm. or appreciate what you have and then i can say oh man you are right Mm. i do need to check myself right Mm -hmm. but it starts with being honest to say let me just let me take a chance and ask this or let me see what he thinks or um if she didn't if she wasn't that that beautiful joke wouldn't have been birthed out of that experience, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that's ever been in a treatment center and heard that joke that yeah. you told on Kill Tony would have laughed at that joke. Right. You feel me? Right. And you killed on that joke. Thank you. <laughs> the first one out the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now tighten the headphones back. So, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> so my next one, I think you already tied into this, but this is just someone, something, somebody asked me. I gave my advice, and I think I'd like to get your advice on this. Okay. Uh, someone is unwilling to take advice or direction mm-hmm. and they need help and they're just not, they, they, they don't want it. They're, yeah. yeah. What, what's your advice for that situation? For this is, uh, it's very, I don't have, and I want to preface this by saying, um, this podcast is not responsible for this pill may cause diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man. Sometimes we hurt people the more we try to help them. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that expression? Yeah. You're at that point. Yes. Mm-hmm. In your life. We're not going to go into the but um, Enabling someone can hurt someone. Sometimes to the death. Yeah, you, could be the de- you could be the death of someone when you try to continue to help someone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... A person needs to have that experience that takes them to that bottom that makes them want to change. It takes an intervention from an experience that they didn't plan for, right, for them to have a new experience. But when they're in the same comfort, old reliable, where they know someone's always going to come to their aid and they don't have to put the effort in or they don't have to make the adjustment or the change because life is about adjustments and living through discontent and discomfort to wanting to get to comfort. If I'm already naturally comfortable in, in chaos, then I'm continually living in chaos. Right. I'm I'm attributed I, 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 I'm comfortable in insanity, then I don't know what sanity looks like. Right. And that's what the repeating the same thing thing comes from is I'm comfortable in this, so why would I want to change it, right? Right. So I, I it's hard. You leave little fucking uh jewels around them and you be the best example you can be for that person, but 
continually trying to say the same thing and they haven't done anything about it is different. Showing them has way more value. Mm-hmm. That's why I love when they say, be the miracle instead of instead of trying to speak the sermon that you want people to live in. Uh, I, I, I really believe that I can't go to my family and tell them that we, we communicate in a dysfunctional way. We, the way we interact with each other is unhealthy. I've learned all these things from school, and I, I really think that we need to make this adjustment. And uh, mm-hmm. when we spend time together, I just – can we use uh, a lower tone? Pronouns? I think, yeah, I think, I think the yelling <laughs> right. and the little East African stuff. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, who am I going to come off and tell my mom and them, like, the way we talk is unhealthy? This is not how families communicate. Like, that's not what I – I have to just be the example. I have to not drink at a holiday function and show them this is how I communicate now. And then hopefully they will understand like, oh, okay, I have to not overreact. I have to not get frustrated. I have to not display the behaviors that I see that's hurting them. Mm-hmm. I, I, they would be like, nigga, you just got sober yesterday, nigga. Who are you to tell us how to act and how to behave, right? But if you're a person that's always been doing the right thing and you're trying to help someone that's hurting, all you can do is continue to show that person compassion and love and empathy. Pray for them. Reach out for them. Help them in any way that you can without hurting them. And whenever you reach down to help someone that's staying down there, you have to make sure that you have your hand on something else that's going to pull you up so you don't get pulled down. Right. Right? It's like, it's like, it's like real quicksand. Mm-hmm. It's the quicksand analogy. When I reach my hand down to help someone, I have to have my hand... I have to be firm on a foundation that's spiritually strong enough that's going to hold me when I pull pull them up. Right. Right? So if I'm not stable, I have to really make sure that I'm in a healthy place. What's my motive? What's my direction? And what's my motive of intent to help this person without hurting myself? Because mm-hmm. I'm no good to them if I'm not... Right? Right. So am I in a position to really help this person? Am I doing it the right way? Am I strong enough? Am I doing what I'm asking them to do? Am I being that example first? Right. I think it's um, yeah. That, that that see that's what I'm saying. Like my thing was, you plant seeds. <laughs> I was like, you, you say the things that you need to say. You just you know, hey, you need to get help, and then that's it. You stop saying What's it. What's that like? Leaving plant- little pamphlets by the yeah, toilet? Yeah, exactly. Like little <laughs> seeds, and then open a cereal box. All you can do is hope that maybe they hear it. You know what it's I mean? It's a meeting schedule in a cereal box. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that was my advice. <laughs> They're going into the bathroom, toilet paper. It's a phone number on the toilet paper. Oh, hey, look at that! <laughs> hey, you dropped that. <laughs> Magic tricks. Just leaving little seeds. Is, that a, seas, is baby. that a directory behind your ear? <laughs> <laughs> Just leaving little seeds, baby. That's what I'm saying, man. That's why I said I want you on so I could help people answer these questions because to me, it's I'm so new in it. I'm just you know fucking following. But what, what did you hear out of what I said? That made you feel like what you said was... Not that. It's just the way you say it, and you have a lot more to add to it. <laughs> that makes it sound a lot more powerful than I'm what I'm saying. I'm just fucking with you. you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, nigga. <laughs> I'm trying! <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, what was I going to say? What was our other question? Damn, I wrote them down, too. Um, but we, talk, we touched on the, the anxiety and depression. That was the biggest one. Most of our people that sent in messages were asking about that. We handled that. Talking about being a good listener, all that kind of stuff. Um, the last couple things, what is this? The cycle of anxiety. Yeah, that's where you know where you're at. When you're in it, you can read it to them. Okay. Because I've been talking my ass off. You read that too. Know. So it says, and let me read you guys this. this is the cycle of anxiety. Anxiety. Anxiety-producing stimulation leads to an uncomfortable symptoms such as worry, fear, a racing heart, sweating, or feeling of being overwhelmed. Uh. Avoidance. Uncomfortable symptoms controlled by avoiding anxiety-producing situations. Examples of avoidance include skipping class to avoid giving a presentation, using drugs or alcohol to numb feelings. Not picking up the phone. Procrastination. Not going to work. Yeah, on challenging tasks. And then uh, short-term relief from anxiety. Avoidance of the anxiety-producing situation gives an immediate stress uh, stress relief. The symptoms of anxiety lessen, but only temporarily. Long-term anxiety growth. The fear... That initially led to the avoidance worsens. The brain learns that when anxiety-producing sti- situations is avoided, the symptoms go away. As a result, the symptoms of anxiety will worsen. And the next time, the avoidance is more likely. So it's, it's a muscle. Yeah. It's a muscle that will continue to get worse, right? Because the solution is the exact opposite of all those things. Right. So as you continue to get better at mindfulness, practicing health 
the 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 not the non-avoidance, taking the action, taking the chances, facing the fear, living on faith, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the actual op all the opposite words to those words will grow that, mm -hmm. and that's what I, I try to keep it that simple for them, yeah, and see if they can see it that way, right? It's it's easy for me to tell you this, but when you, it, it's harder for you to try it, right? It's like. Man, this motherfucker don't know what he's talking about. What are you talking about? Well, as long as you keep doing what you're doing, you're not going to see nothing change. And when you get uncomfortable enough, when you're in enough pain, please give it a chance. Mm -hmm. Remember what I told you. Just remember what I told you and promise me that you at least give it a chance to not live in denial, to not live in fear, to be willing to be humbled and and to be willing to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please help me and reach out to someone? Because the fear of you not reaching out to people is what's isolating you and keeping you in depression and anxiety. Okay. Great. That's a perfect fucking answer. So, I mean, I'm going to take your advice and I'm going to try to reach out more and be more vocal. Yeah. And I, I just feel like sometimes when I share, it's just so fucking negative. It's not, dog. Yeah. You're a fucking funny person, bro. Even when you're negative, you're funny. It's, you have to understand there's funny and you're negative, right? Yeah. And through funny, you can find joy. Mm -hmm. Okay? You can be the grumpy, funny man. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, bro. It's not supposed to be all lighthearted and high energy all the time. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be ebb and flow. It's supposed to be, it's what it is. It's life, bro. Right. It's supposed to be ebb and flow. But when you have food and when you've worked out and you have high energy, you're a great person to be with. Right. So I don't know what this other motherfucker is. Yeah. I haven't met that dude. That dude isolates. Yeah. That dude hides out in the back. Drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Howling at the moon, naked with his dogs. <laughs> I didn't go that far, but got that. No, but um, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I think everyone's going to appreciate this episode. I think uh, you definitely t hit home on all these subjects and stuff like that. And again, we got to get you on at least once a month to just answer this. Because we had some questions, too. Uh, and I, I don't think we're gonna, we need to go into them too much. Just about um, you know rehabs and actual facilities and what entails there. I think I, I kind of was telling some of the people... You know, if you go in, you're going to get taken care of. That's pretty... Yeah, there's a high... People think... People say the percentage is really low. It's higher than people think for people that really just go through it and meet people like this for the first time in their life that's never been through that experience. An experience that someone needs to have. Mm -hmm. I say give it a chance. It could be life-changing. There you go. And don't believe what other people tell you about an experience that you haven't experienced. There you go. Don't fear fuck yourself. Don't future fuck yourself. Live life. Be happy. Give it a chance. Take. What do you have to lose? The way you're living right now is uncomfortable. You're in depression. You're happy. You're you're you're, you're miserable, right? Um, what do you have to What do you have to lose? I think for me going forward, right now I'm in a cycle of, um, you know, uh, X, Y, and Z. I'm doing everything I can to go out of it because there's a part of me that, a huge part of me, that says fuck this. You know, just fucking drink or use. Just go fucking kill yourself. Like, why the fuck are you, you know, why does it matter? And there's another part of me, the stronger part of me, that goes, you don't know what's down this road yet. You don't fucking know. So why not? Because you know what the other one was. Hospitals, institutions, yeah. and fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, a, a comfort and chaos. So give yourself a chance to explore what, what it could be like to be happy. There you go, guys. Be happy. Be merry. If you fucking didn't get something out of that. God help you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Daniel, for coming on. If you guys have any questions or want some follow-up, hit me up. I'll hit him up, and we're going to get him back on soon. Thank you so much, Daniel. All right, my boy. I love you, bro. Love you too, big dog. All right, talk to you soon. Later.